Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Thursday, April 7th, 2022. Y'all know what this date signifies, right? Major League Baseball opening day. I love it. I can't believe it's here. I'm super stoked for it. Not all the teams are on deck to play today, but we already have some finals into the books. So I'm looking forward to talking all things baseball. This is going to be a very baseball-driven episode today. As I mentioned a moment ago, we do have one final in the books. The lowly Chicago Cubs have defeated the Milwaukee Brewers 5-4 to four in a very tightly contested ball game. We also have the Cardinals shutting out the Pittsburgh Pirates 5-0 in the eighth inning. A little rain delay out in our nation's capital in D.C. for the Mets opener against the Nationals. And uh, actually, we have one one other final. Excuse me. Kansas City is now final 3-1 to one over the Cleveland, formerly known as the Indians, Guardians. So, much to get to. We've got a couple of big postponements today. What was supposed to be the very first game on the docket was the New York Yankees against the Boston Red Sox. Now, many are probably thinking, don't they open the year together head-to-head every year? And the answer is no. They actually scheduled this matchup for the first time in many years. First time since 2005, believe it or not, did the, uh, is the last time the Yankees and the Red Sox met head-to-head on opening day. So it's not an everyday occurrence. And unfortunately, it's not a today occurrence. That game was scheduled as the very first game of the of today's opening day slate. Uh, yesterday, they were able to uh, take a look at their crystal ball and see that there was a storm front coming in. And so they announced a postponement before they even stepped on the ball field. They postponed it yesterday, and they are going to be making it up during the weekend series. So we're going to have a lot of Yankees, Red Sox jammed into a few days. And for many baseball fans, they hate both teams. For many baseball fans, they love both teams or love one of the teams. Excuse me. I don't, I don't know anybody that loves both the Red Sox and the Yankees. That would be quite unusual if you ask me. But the other postponement is the Minnesota Twins and the Seattle Mariners, the up-and-coming Mariners with a Minnesota team that I haven't quite figured out what to do with yet with respect to predictions. And we're all the way here in our prediction show. And I am telling you that on uh, the prediction show, I'm going to be using every last minute to be able to figure out what direction the Twins are going in. Because they made a lot of offseason moves, made some key moves, made some non-moves that were also very big, right? A lot of additions, a lot of subtractions with the Twins, How does it all net out is what I'm trying to figure out here in a division that's a little bit tricky, too. So might as well start with that division 
in our analysis. I think it's a tough division to figure out. I think the easy part of the division is the White Sox. Because the White Sox are loaded. The White Sox have no holes. Can, can one say that? I'm not seeing any glaring holes on the White Sox. I think they're all around maybe one of the best teams in baseball. And I'm curious to, to hear whether or not you guys think they... Whether, whether you guys think that the White Sox are that much better because of their experienced Hall of Fame manager, Tony La Russa, or if they're worse off. Because he seems to me to be a very polarizing figure. There's a lot of people, media-wise, that aren't big Tony La Russa fans. And I think I know why, but I don't really understand or agree with it. Because, look, he's a very accomplished manager. And he's outspoken. And that might be what it is, right? He, he could be a little bit moody sometimes. But don't all of these greats have that moody aspect to them? Even friendly moody like Popovich. But he's still moody. And I know he got a DUI. Shame on him, but, you know, cast the first stone, right? How many out there have honestly never thrown down a cocktail and ever got behind the wheel? Anybody can be caught. And if anybody is against drinking and driving, it's myself. My brother was killed by a drunk driver years ago. So I'm very sensitive to that. However, I'm also realistic, and I do know that people will maybe throw down a cocktail or two at dinner, feel fine, and get that unfortunate DOI thing. It's kind of a numbers game. The longer you go through life doing that, the more likely you increase your chances of getting in trouble for it. And Tony Larusa got popped. I think he had more than a couple of drinks. Let's be fair about it. But at the same time, does that really impact how he manages a ball game? No. The guy's a winner everywhere. He won in Oakland. He won the first time around with the White Sox. He won with St. Louis. And he's winning again with the White Sox right now. They are the class of the division. Look how deep their pitching staff is. Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease, Dallas Keuchel, and Michael Kopich. I mean, those are... And, and Ronaldo Lopez, too. That's a pretty deep pitching staff. That's a pretty sick pitching staff. Liam Hendricks is the closer. Aussie. Pretty darn good. Good sense of humor, too. And when we're talking maybe the best pitching staff in the American League. And then their lineup. I mean, from... Jose Abreu to Yohan Mancada and Tim Anderson and Eloy Jimenez and the stud Luis Robert. And then they added A.J. Pollock from the Dodgers. Got the experienced Josh Harrison playing in the infield. Yasmani Grandal behind the dish. Andrew Vaughn is a pretty darn good DH. Good hitter. Tell me, where 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 is any weakness with this ball club 
because I'm not seeing it. By the way, for fantasy players, Luis Robert had a fantastic preseason, fantastic spring training. I mean, he just absolutely murdered the ball. He had a lot of home runs. He hit for average. I think it was three home runs, 12 RBI, 361 average. Tim Anderson, same thing. He batted in the 400s in spring training. You know, these guys are the real deal. And I am super excited to see what they put together on the field. So beyond the White Sox, where can we look in this division for a second? That's pretty challenging, if you ask me. Because the Tigers are much improved. I think Cleveland regresses a little bit. The Royals, I've been saying that the Royals are up and coming for years now. So you guys are probably tired of me making the Royals my long shot prediction. I'm tired of me making the Royals my long shot prediction. Because even though they improve a smidgen every year, they are not improving enough. So that takes us to the Minnesota Twins. And... I am going to go ahead and say that they are going to be my second team in this division. Now, they lost Josh Donaldson, Mitch Garver, and I believe today a trade may have gone down. I will double-check that. They are on the verge of making a trade with the Padres for uh, Paddock, Chris Paddock from the Padres. Not sure if that they pulled the trigger yet or not. Nonetheless, this is a team that has retooled a little bit. Mainly on the hitting side with Carlos Correa. Keep in mind, this team already has Byron Buxton and Max Kepler. And Luis Arias and Jorge Polanco and Miguel Sano. But they also added two guys that the Yankees were really high on for a long time. And that's Gary Sanchez, the catcher, and Gio Urshela, infielder. Those were two Yankee players that we heard about for a very long period of time. And they come to the Twinkies. With a little bit less pressure on them. They don't have that New York pressure, that New York media scrutinizing their every move. I like those moves. I like the Twins getting those guys, along with Sonny Gray, the pitcher. Sonny Gray has been a a really good pitcher, probably an underrated pitcher during the course of his career. You know, it seems like a lot of those guys that hail from uh, the... Oakland farm system, uh, you know, are, are, are that type. Uh, the amazing thing about Oakland to me is that typically speaking, they get the best years out of their players. Like they, those guys typically have career years that are never replicated outside of Oakland. Now, Sonny Gray, when he got to New York, he was going to be the guy that put them over. And he was a little bit inconsistent in Oakland. Uh, excuse me, in New York. And so uh, when he went to the Reds, I think a lot of that pressure kind of came off of his shoulders and he performed pretty well again. So he's now 
uh, entering his uh, 32 years of age season for the Twins, who don't have huge expectations. I think this is a good fit. I think this is a guy who can really give them some innings and give them some a surge in a division that I think second is totally up for grabs. So that's my second place team in the American League Central, the Minnesota Twins. I'm not going to spend a ton of time rounding out the division, but I'm going to go Tigers 3, Royals 4, and Cleveland in the cellar. Sorry, Guardians fans. The name change is about as good as it gets. I don't think that you're going to do much better than that. Okay, let's move on here to the AL West. And I paused for a moment there because we are working on our first guest, which is Baseball America's Kyle Glazer. Super excited to have him on the show with us. He's been on with us many years, and he is really good at what he does, which is report on baseball, report on top prospects, and uh, he's he's one of those guys that is a must Twitter be must Twitter follow. You know, if if you're into baseball, he's one of those guys that you're going to get good information from each and every year. Each and every day, each and every game. So we'll be on with him in a few moments here. Let's continue on to the American League West. Excuse me. Uh, yes, West. I kind of tripped myself up there for a moment. So, okay. <clears throat> Many people are saying that this is one of the better divisions in the league, and I tend to agree with them. The A's are ultra-competitive every year, except they had a major sell-off. So I think they signified to the world that they are not the player that is going to be exceeding expectations for a playoff spot this year. So that leaves us with the Astros, who were the best team in the division last year, the Mariners, who were really good last year. A lot of people are picking the angels that's kind of their trendy pick the angels issue has been health that's kind of been the issue for a while now so we'll see if they could put it together the rangers made some big 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 moves in the offseason and then the oakland a's who pretty much gave up everything and i don't know if that means that the a's are a cellar dweller or if they've just got more prospects that they're going to churn out like to do each and every year so We'll start from the top. I think the Astros are the class of the division. I love their manager, Dusty Baker. I think he is, pound for pound, the most underrated manager in all of baseball. He's now taken five teams to division titles. That's an all-time record. It's a record worth admiring from up close and afar because it's never been done before. 
And if you put it in football terms, imagine like Andy Reid won 100 games with the Eagles, and now he's won 100 games with the Kansas City Chiefs. Imagine if he went on to win divisions with three other teams in his career. I mean, that's basically what Dusty Baker has been able to do. And so I find him to be one of the most underrated managers of all time. The guy's taken his teams to World Series. He's won divisions. He's won a lot of playoff games. He gets this bad rap about being a veterans player and not a rookies guy. Not the worst rap to have in the world, is it? Uh, you know, maybe that just is code for he transitions his players very slowly. I don't know. Anyways, I am going to stop right here for a moment. I'm going to coordinate with my main man, Matt, to take an early commercial break right now because we're going to have our guest, Kyle Glazer, come on at 420, and he's on a pretty tight schedule. So we're going to need to get him out here by about 432 Pacific time. So, Matt, if we can, let's take a quick commercial timeout right now and then coordinate it where we're coming back on right around the same time that our first guest, Kyle Glazer from Baseball America, is ringing us. So let's take a timeout right now. We're going to come back in a few moments here, and we're going to continue with more baseball talk right after this. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Inglehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back on the Mike Abadir Show, and we're going to get right to it. We've got our first guest of the show. Friend of the show usually comes on with us two to three times a year, once kind of right around the beginning, maybe in the middle of the season, and then for some playoff predictions. We're glad to have him live from Angels Stadium Kyle Glazer with Baseball America. Kyle, what's going on, brother? Not too much. How are you guys? Happy opening day. Happy opening day to you. And I'm going to start with that. I'm just going to ask you personally, what does opening day mean to you? Because for me, it meant I was a pretty square student. 
But that was the one day that I kind of tricked my parents and my teachers and uh, was able to kind of break away to go to a sports pub before MLB packages and all that kind of stuff to sneak away to watch opening day baseball. That's what it meant to me. That's how much I loved it. What does it mean to you? I, I think it's just a time of excitement. Opening day, I, I just find myself with a smile on my face, glad that regular season baseball is back. You know, walking into the stadium, I have a big smile on my face. Walking out onto the field, there's a big smile on my face. I think it's just, just general excitement more than anything else. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, this, see, to me, you know, I'm in my 40s. So, you know, this is before like 24-7 coverage and, and Twitter and being kind of connected to the game year round. So, uh, but this the day still has the same nostalgia to me. Let's get right to, I was doing my predictions and going through division by division where I stopped at the commercial was on the American League West so let's start with the West, especially because you're covering the West right now from Angel Stadium. And you tell me, is the Angels situation based on health? Like, can this team, as is the way it's constructed with the arms that they've got beyond Shohei Otani, is this a playoff contender if they stay healthy? I think so, and really health is the biggest thing. You look at Otani and Syndergaard, that's a pretty good one, too. Patrick Sandoval and Jose Suarez were quietly very, very, very effective last year, albeit over short samples, just under 100 innings, so they need to show they can hold up over larger workloads. Um, Reed Detmers is a really good lefty. Um, they have options in terms of Michael Lorenzen, who they signed in the offseason. We'll see if Griffin Cannon comes back. There's not a lot of depth here, and that's where if injuries hit, they're going to be in trouble. But if that group stays healthy with the offense this team should be able to provide, then, yeah, this is absolutely a team that should be in playoff contention, especially when you consider the postseason expanded this year. And now you only have to be the sixth best team in the American League to get into the playoffs. Are we in agreement that the Astros are the class of the division? I think you have to consider them the class of the division. This is a team that's been to five consecutive American League Championship Series and has represented the AL in the World Series three of the last five years. Obviously, the sign-stealing scandal really is kind of a stain on their legacy, but they're not just the class of the American League West. They're the class of the American League. Again, people talk about the Rays or the Yankees or all these other teams. The Astros are the ones that have been in three of the last five World Series representing the AL. So they're, they're the class of the league until not knocked off. So then what do we do with the rest of the, the division? Because the Mariners made huge strides last year. They beat expectations by every measure imaginable. And they've made a, a couple of moves in the offseason to strengthen their team. The Rangers spent a lot of money in this offseason, especially on the hitting side. Those summer, those hot summer afternoons there in Texas are, are going to be some pretty high-scoring affairs. And then the Oakland A's, who seem to be always in the running somehow, some way. But this year, it's really hard to see them after they lost a lot of their top-notch talent. What do you make of this? Re the rest of this division? Yeah, the A's are rebuilding. They're going to go 68-94. and 94. The A's went into the dumps after they broke uh, everything down after 2014. 15, 16, 17, they were a really bad team. It'll be the same this year. Uh, the Rangers are building. They're moving in the right direction, but they're still not a great team yet. They have a lot more talent they still have to add. 
But the Mariners are a really good team. I think the Astros win this division. I think the Mariners finish in second place and the Angels finish in third. The Mariners are a 90-win team who added some really good players that really fit them well. And Jesse Winker and Adam Frazier, Eugenio Suarez. They have the number one farm system in baseball and a lot of guys that are able to come up and help them. They have a lot of depth. Um, on the whole, they're a good team that I firmly expect to be in the playoffs and end the longest postseason drought in North American professional sports. Maybe a quick word or two, since we're on the Mariners, about their uh, rookie stud that's made the ball club. Uh, they're, they're already naming him J-Rod. Uh, Julio Rodriguez is one of the best prospects in baseball. This is a true monster type of talent. Uh, again, he's big, he's strong, he's physical, he can hit balls out of stadiums. And oh, by the way, he hit 331 in the minor leagues. And he just has this unique ability. A lot of times power hitters you see hit for power but not for average. A lot of guys hit for average but not power. It's the best players in the world who can do both. That's the Trouts, the Tatises, all those guys. And Julio Rodriguez has a chance to be one of those guys who hits for both average and power. 300 with 30 home runs, maybe even 40 home runs is possible. And oh, by the way, he's a really good runner, you know, above average speed with a cannon for an arm and plays really good defense. Um, that the phrase five tool player is thrown out way too frequently. True five tool players are exceedingly rare. He's one of them. He has a chance to be one of the faces of baseball, you know, five, 10 years down the road. Wow. So definite rookie of the year candidate, uh, assuming that he gets dead bats. And I'm going to have to assume that he will because no reason to keep him on the bench, right? Oh, he's their starting center fielder on opening day. Now, he's he's in the lineup right now immediately. Yeah, last year they were a little bit knee-jerk with their star rookie that came up, and he didn't do very well, sent him back down. Let's, uh, let's hope that that's not the case with a big Julio. Let's move over to the American League East. Uh, I know we're zipping along here, but we're on some time constraints. We've got about a couple of minutes. I saw a tweet from MLB itself, which had a power rankings. And in their top ten, they had three teams in the American League East in the top 10. And I was shocked. None of them were the Boston Red Sox. Are people sleeping on this team? Because didn't they beat the Yankees and the Rays in the playoffs last year? But now MLB's power ratings, for whatever it's worth, has the Yankees and the Blue Jays and the Rays in the top 10 and the Red Sox on the outside looking in. It's possible. The thing with the Red Sox is they lost Eduardo Rodriguez, and they didn't have a whole lot of starting pitching depth to begin with. So no one doubts that offense. There's just a lot of questions about this starting rotation once you get past Nate Uvalde. Uh, but the same thing could have been said about last year's team. There are a lot of questions about the starting rotation, and they still won 92 games and reached the ALCS, beating the Yankees and Rays in the postseason, as you said. So it's certainly possible. Again, I think it's just you look at the Yankees. Right now, they seem like a little more complete team in terms of rotation and pitching. The Rays are the Rays. They're you know defending division champions, won 100 games. You kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. And I pick the Blue Jays to not only make the World Series, but win the World Series this year. I think they're really one of the top three teams in baseball without much argument. So, um, But you're right. The Red Sox, there's, there's not a lot of buzz around them because they have a hole in the pitching staff that these other teams maybe don't have. But the same was true last year, and they still got to the ALCS. So it'd be wrong to count them out. Two quick questions on the road here, and then we'll get you out. Uh, Who is your NL representative? And before we leave the Red Sox, does the front office get something done with Bogey Endeavors? Well, Bogarts is uh, signed to an extension already. They signed him to a seven-year extension, uh, I want to say, a couple years ago. 
Um, Devers, we'll see. I, I think he has a chance to certainly be an extension candidate. Um, there's, you know, it's been out there that they've tried to get that done. I think it's certainly possible. There's, you know, it just depends on the dollar number and, and his interest. Again, the Red Sox can be as interested as they want to be. It takes two to tango. So um, it's just going to come down to the dollars and, and if he is interested in staying. But um, assuming he is, I don't see any reason why they couldn't get it done. Yeah, the reason I was asking about Bogey is because uh, June Lee is reporting that uh, Xander Bogarts and the Red Sox are at odds about re-extending him, supposedly. So um, I don't know if that's a storyline to follow along or rumor. June Lee's typically pretty on point with these things, but we'll find out. And the National League representative in the World Series. Who do you got, Kyle? I have the Dodgers. I think this is the most talented team in the National League. Um, I think ultimately it's going to be them in the Blue Jays in the World Series. But, look, the Braves are going to be a candidate. They're the defending World Series champion. They're still a really good team. They're going to be in the thick of it, too. I think them and the Dodgers are the clear-cut class of the NL, where the AL is a little more muddled. You can see the Blue Jays, the Astros, the Mariners, uh, the White Sox are all legitimate contenders. And then you look at, you know, right below them, the Rays and Yankees are, are right there as well. So, um, but in terms of the NL, I, I do think it's the, the Dodgers with a slight edge over the Braves for the for the World Series representatives. There you guys have it, Blue Jays and Dodgers. You heard it from Kyle Glazer. How can our listeners follow you on social media? Yeah, I'm uh, on Twitter at Kyle A. Glazer, K-Y-L-E-A-G-L-A-S-E-R. You can find me there. And uh, also, if you just go to BaseballAmerica.com, you can see uh, all my articles there and my Twitter handle is uh, linked to there as well, so you can find me there. Outstanding. Really appreciate you coming on, spending some time with us. You're off the hot seat, brother. Go ahead and enjoy opening day from Anaheim Stadium, Angel Stadium, whatever it's called nowadays, and uh, have a really, really enjoyable first week of the season, Kyle. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. That is Kyle Glazer, Baseball America. Always appreciate him having a few moments for the show. He's a friend of the show, and we really enjoy and appreciate having him on with us. You heard his predictions. What do you guys think? Blue Jays, Dodgers. Blue Jays seem to be kind of a trendy pick, don't they? Uh, They seem to be the pick that a lot of experts are thinking are going to put it together this year. A lot of guys heading into their third season. A lot of sticks, a lot of excitement north of the border. Can we see the World Series come back? Can they bring back the glory years of Joe Carter, 1992? That was a great World Series, wasn't it? Home run off of Mitch Williams to win the World Series. Walk-off fashion. Let's round out the American League West since we were on there and Kyle gave us his thoughts as I started I was talking about the Astros being the cream of the crop in that division and look I agree with him about the Angels to an extent but even the guys like Thor And with all due respect, even Shohei Otani himself and Mike Trout over the last couple of years and Rendon, what's the common denominator with all of those guys? I mean, I hate on a prediction show to ever make a prediction that a player is going to get hurt. So I'm not going to do that. It's not right. 
but can I cast judgment on a team as a whole in that manner? Like, can I say, I don't know who is going to get hurt or how it's going to happen, but that as a whole, this team's got a bunch of injury-prone guys. So until they could prove to me that they could all stick together collectively and not get hurt, that this is a team that I just can't see getting to the playoffs, even with an additional team, because of their lack of health. I mean, look, I think if all of these guys spent minimal time on the injured list, then they've got a shot. But when's the last time we saw like a full season from Thor? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not seeing it right now. They would all have to put together basically like career years, wouldn't they? Definitely at least full seasons, at the very least. So where do we go with the Mariners? Right, Mariners were the surprise team last year. Now, it's not uncommon to see a team be on the verge and then not be able to replicate the year after. But I'm not going to go there with the Mariners. I think that they're a pretty deep team. I think they've got a lot of really good young players. I think they're going to bring a lot of excitement to the Pacific Northwest. I do think this is the second-place team. And so for me, I'm going to go Astros, Mariners, Angels, A's, Rangers. I still have Rangers at the bottom. And I love Marcus Simeon. And I, I, I love Sager. Uh, but that team, to me, has a while to go. The A's, even in a rebuild, even when they tear it down, somehow they have guys, because their farm system always produces guys who exceed expectations, they're a team that does have my benefit of the doubt to be able to exceed expectations because they almost always do. So that's American League West Astros, Mariners, Angels, A's, Rangers. Let's move over to the American League East. Now, trendy pick Blue Jays. Do they have the pitching to get it done? They got Jose Barrios, right? Barrios is their star pitching acquisition from last year, uh, you know, in the offseason going into this year. Uh, he's a very good pitcher. And they got Kevin Gosman, who was the best pitcher on the Giants for a couple of years. Jordan Romano is their closer. I think they feel pretty good about him. Rounding out their rotation, Ryu Manoa and the Japanese player Yusai Kikuchi. So pretty good pitching staff overall. Their lineup is pretty wicked, right? With Vlad and Biggio and Bichette, all sons of former superstars in the majors. They've added Matt Chapman. They've got George Springer and Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Gurriel, Alejandro Kirk. They've added guys like Raimel Tapia. This team is going to rake. This team is absolutely going to rake. Now, the Yankees, to me, 
are the team that I think is going to disappoint, and they often do. I just don't see them having the pitching depth to be able to get it done. The Rays, I don't think they're going to win 100. I think they've got a good team, but I don't think they're going to win 100. And unlike most prognosticators, and by the way, just so you know, I'm not entirely biased, maybe partially, but not entirely. I didn't have the Red Sox as necessarily a playoff team last year. You know, I pointed out their holes and I said that they would exceed expectations, but I thought that they were going to be a notch below, but they turned out not to be. They turned out to be a playoff team. Now, the question is, Eovalde, Nick Pavetta, Tanner Houck, Michael Waka, and Rich Hill, is that a rotation that could win you a division? And I think the answer is yes. And their lineup, with Trevor Story, Devers, Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Verdugo, and Enrique Quique Hernandez, JBJ, Brian Dahlbeck, and a good closer in Matt Barnes, that there, my, my friends, that's your division winner, the Boston Red Sox. To me, absolutely. I have no idea why people are sleeping on them. This is a division winner. And by the way, right in the middle of the year, they're going to get a nice little bump when they get this guy named Chris Sale back. His injury is not arm-related, not shoulder-related, not elbow-related, not hand related. It's ribs. It'll heal up. He'll be fine. If anything, maybe it's good. Maybe he doesn't have to compile so many innings during the year, all that wear and tear. He's going to come in. It's going to be like a, a getting a superstar pitcher at the trade deadline. Even though he's scheduled, he's due back well before that. So I think the Red Sox are the team to beat in that division. I'm going to go Blue Jays second, Rays third, Yankees fourth, and the lowly Orioles in dead last. I wish we had more time so I can get into a lot more depth on each of those teams. But the team I spent the most time on is the division winner, the Boston Red Sox, the winner of the American League East. Let's take a quick and final commercial timeout, and we'll come back and round up the rest of the divisions in the National League. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. 
on All Around Sports. Host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Rounding out the American League, before we go to the National League, I want to recap. Division winners, Boston, White Sox, Boston Red Sox, Chicago White Sox, Houston Astros, division winners. Wild card teams are going to be the Seattle Mariners, the Toronto Blue Jays, and then the last is going to be a fight between the Rays and the Twinkies. And I think the Rays edge them out, but it's going to be close. Let's go to the National League. Let's start with the NL East. Kyle said that the class of the division was the Braves. They lose Freeman and add Olsen from the A's. Is that a wash? Is that a net positive? Is that a slight net negative? I think in the long term, it's a net positive uh, for this year. And I, I say that just because of age, age-related. Uh, to me, the challenger to that division is going to be the New York Mets. Mets have been a team that's loaded with talent. Injury bug has hit them. They're kind of the angels of the East. I think the Braves win the division. I think the Mets give them a run for their money, followed by the Phillies. And then the Marlins and the Nationals will be duking it out for last and second of the last. I'll go Nationals just because they got Juan Soto who I think is one of the best players in the National League, and the Marlins will be in the cellar. Going over to the NL Central. A lot of people have the Brewers winning this division, but to me, I I see this pretty... I mean, uh, I'm seeing the ball pretty well in this division, I think. I think it's the St. Louis Cardinals. I think this is probably the White Sox of the National League in that they're a complete team. I think the, the, the starting pitching isn't A+, plus, but I think it's good enough, and I think they've got a, a good enough offense. That, to me, is the class of the division. I'll take the Cardinals in the central, followed by the Brew Crew. I think the Cubs are going to make some positive steps forward, followed by the Reds and the Pirates are going to be duking it out for last, kind of like the Marlins and the Nationals in the East. And I'm going to go ahead and say that the, oh, that's a tough call. Reds followed by Pittsburgh in the cellar. Let's move over to the National League West. This is the Dodgers division to win. This is the Dodgers division to lose. 
I think they can withstand an injury. I think they can withstand two injuries. I think they could call up guys from the minors. We know that they could pull, put together trades, pull the trigger on trades. They could do everything. They're well positioned. They've got a good farm system. They've got a great starting lineup. They've got depth. That, to me, is the team to beat in the National League West. I don't think there's an argument to it. I think where it's going to be uh, a contest is for second between the Padres and the Giants. I just don't see the Giants replicating the 108-win effort or 107 or whatever that it is that they did. They played out of their you-know-what last year. I think that the Padres are going to put it together I know Tatis is often hurt. I know he's hurt right now. But I think they've got enough talent on this ball club to put together a second-place finish ahead of the Giants, who will be third, followed by the Rockies, and then the Diamondbacks. Dodgers are just, they're the class of baseball. I mean, we've talked about the class of divisions throughout this show. But they were the class of baseball before they even brought Freddie Freeman in, right? I mean, they're so good that Max Muncy is kind of ousted from a position. He's going to have to play DH. That's how good they are. I mean, what team can match up with Will Smith? behind the dish, an infield of Freddie Freeman, Gavin Lux, Justin Turner, and Trey Turner, and an outfield of Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, and Chris Taylor. I mean, the starting staff, just the first three, Bueller, Kershaw, and Arias, that's the best threesome in the majors. Followed by Tony Gonsolin and Andrew Haney. Blake Trinan's setup guy, Kimbrell. Kimbrell, I think he may blow a few saves. I don't think this is the Kimbrell of old. That might be an issue because they had Jensen shoring up that position for about a decade in the closer's role. And for some reason, he got a lot more grief than he should. I mean, the guy was really, really consistent, really, really good. I had some staying power in a position that doesn't typically have staying power, the closer role. But he was pretty consistent. Consistently good. I mean, like when you look at his stat line, each and every year, you knew that Jensen was going to be a amongst the league leaders each and every year for saves. He was a reliable force. Every year you look up, you see Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen. Every single year, right up there. And now he's with their competitor, right? The team that beat them out last year. The Braves. Now they have former Brave in Kimbrel. I think the Braves have the advantage here. I mean, right when we thought that Kenley Jansen was getting a little bit old, in 2019, he had a 371 ERA, which was his highest in his career. He came down almost a half a point in 2020, and then he came down more than a full point in 2021. 
Kenley Jansen's coming off a season where he had a 2.22 microscopic ERA, 1.04 microscopic whip, and 38 saves. This guy's got 350 career saves. He's got a career ERA of 2.37 and a career whip of under 1.93. This guy overall has been the best closer in baseball for over a decade. I think they've got the advantage there. Kimbrell's bounced around with a few teams, and I have a lot of love for Kimbrell. He did some good things in Boston, most definitely. He kind of clutched it up when needed, dug deep, Found some old form when he was off form. He's one of those guys that can get off form, though. So I think he's going to frustrate Dodger fans. Hate to say that, but I I think that's going to be the case. That, to me, is their only weakness, if you want to call it a weakness, in their starting lineup, their starting closer role, I guess. It's not a starter. It's He is their closer. Don't start the game, but you end the game. And I think he's going to be the guy that there's going to be the most questions about as the season progresses for the Dodgers when he blows some tight, closely contested games. We'll see if he's able to dig deep again and find that old form like he often does or if this is the end of the line for a guy that's pretty close to being a future Hall of Famer, in my opinion, in Craig Kimbrough. The Padres have retooled a little bit. I want to spend a moment on them. As I said earlier in the show, they're looking at putting together a trade with the Minnesota Twins. We'll see if they could pull that off or not. They want to deal Chris Paddock. Chris Paddock has been a guy that has been kind of an enigma. They may package him with Austin Nola. For all I know, the trade has already been done. I don't know. I don't even see him on the depth chart for the Padres. So that trade may be official. We will see. But this starting pitching staff, I mean, Joe Musgrove, Hugh Darvish, Sean Manaya, Blake Snell, former Cy Young Award winner and number four hole, and another former Cy Young Award winner and Mike Clevenger in the five hole. That's a pretty damn good starting rotation. The infield of Hosmer, Cronenworth, Machado, and Tatis. Hassan Kim is going to be filling in for Tatis. An outfield with Jerickson Profar, Trent Grisham, Will Myers, and the big slugger from the Yankees, Luke Voigt, as the DH. He's going to hit a lot of home runs, even in Petco. Austin Nola and Jorge Alfaro will be manning the plate for their pitching staff. I think both are pretty good catchers in their own right. Both can hit, both can catch, both can handle the pitching staff. This is a pretty good team. Don't sleep on the Padres, right? I'm going to fade the Giants a little bit, like I said. I think this is a team that uh, exceeded every single statistical expectation imaginable, known to man last year. Probably the most fortunate team in baseball history, in my opinion, in terms of being able to squeeze out as many wins as possible from about as average of a ball club as I've seen in terms of not having a single superstar, having a bunch of guys who are all pretty good and above average at every position or a little bit above average or average, including their manager, and somehow having it collectively come together to produce 
a record-breaking season. I think a lot of that has to do with the two teams that are rounding out the division, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, who neither of them are good. Rockies in fourth, Diamondbacks in fifth. So that is the National League roundup. Let's do the wild cards. I'm going to say the Padres, who I spent some time on being a wild card. I'm going to say the New York Mets being a wild card. I think the last spot is going to be contested by the Milwaukee Brewers and the San Francisco Giants. I'm going to go ahead and give the edge to the Brew Crew. Sorry, Giants fans. I think you guys miss out this year. I think you guys miss out. All apologies to San Francisco. So what are we left with? Who is the ALCS? I think it's the Red Sox and the White Sox. Who in the NLCS? I'm going to go with the status quo and go Braves and Dodgers once again. I'm going to say that the World Series is going to be the White Sox and the Dodgers. I think the White Sox win in seven over the L.A. Dodgers. Sorry, Dodger fans. I think you guys get there once again. But I think that closer's role is going to be the glaring omission in terms of this being the most complete team in baseball. So I think that's how it rounds up, folks. I want to hear what you guys think. Do you guys agree? Do you guys disagree? Maybe maybe they have the ability to turn Blake Trinan into a closer again, and maybe that fixes things. Who knows? But I think the loss of uh, Corey Knebel is going to be uh, felt a little bit there in Dodgerland. So, they, they're, they're, trust me, they're going to have to do something as the season goes on. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we have. I wish I had more time to spend time on who are going to be the award winners. Typically, I do that. We've gotten it right many times before. Most recently, we nailed Pete Alonzo as the Rookie of the Year in the National League. I will say I'm going to go ahead and take J-Rod from the Mariners as my Rookie of the Year in the American League. And we're only going to be a week into the season, so I'll go ahead and give out my other award winners come next week, folks. As always... Thank you so much for listening. Big thank you to Kyle Glazer from Baseball America for joining us. We will see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend and opening weekend in baseball, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.